0: Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, season five.
1: Season five. <laughs> five uh, season five. <laughs> disco Lil needs disco music. So close. So close. Well, he needs. needs. Disco
0: Stew likes disco music.
1: Oh. But
0: Disco Lil is exactly where I was going with that. Well done, Lillian, mm-hmm. on the completely not telling you where we're going to open the show.
1: You talk about a cold open.
0: Where well, we just did.
1: Yeah. 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 We talked about it already. Okay. Did you follow? Mm-hmm.
0: See, I already saw you get distracted.
1: I didn't get distracted. I just saw you
0: look over there, distracted. Lillian has this idea that if she's going to run, run cartoons... On, on mute next to her. And that's, that's not going to be, uh, that's going to work out really well. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 it's
1: actually going to stop me from playing with my phone more, I think.
0: I, I you know what? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and that any other night in the universe where I said, hey, Lil, you know what would be like really helpful for, for attention peg is have your favorite show on slightly to the periphery
1: <laughs> of your eye line. Actually, the way that my brain works is, um, if I can keep busy, if I can keep part of my brain busy with something, be it um, having some music, on, or having, no, not music doesn't really work, but having something with a narration on, or um, like some, or being able to doodle in like a class or something like that makes me much more able to pay attention in a weird way. Like having a distraction readily available prevents me from seeking out deeper distraction. That's a paddling. Pdoo patoo sounds In The Simpsons, season five, I feel like I can hear that. Homer does way less gaslighting than he did in season three. Because we were talking about how it was very specifically in season three, he um in my favorite episode of Street Carnier Marge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh he just gaslights constantly. And I like the transition. Um I feel way less uncomfortable about who Homer is in this season.
0: Yeah, season five is definitely this. Well, it's kind of a combo plotter, too. It's, I think, season five-ish, a little bit later, but season five starts it where I think all the Simpsons start to get, like, a nice level of all of them are horrible. Nope. Not not that they're horrible, but there isn't like it used to be. Homer was exceptionally terrible, mm-hmm. and and you know, kind of there was like this power dynamic thing that was happening where like now it just kind of leveled out to like everybody's just kind of equally shitty, which is what the 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 writers of the show have said the whole time. Uh, I think it's a little bit more obvious this time where it's like um uh uh what's the episode name um um oh that's not that season forget it. Oh yeah, that is that season. Is this the one with the HMS Pinafore thing? With the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is where the Take season. Where, yeah, where where they kind of stopped keeping character. Like they just went with joke over necessarily keeping the logic or the throughput of the characters. Like uh, uh, going so that I think that helps with uh, keeping some of the characters less kind of piles of human garbage as Homer was in in, in uh what was that season four or three what did that That's matter? Three. That, yeah but, um,
1: yeah I also think that um they make way more broad attempts of pinpointing like broad societal failures for where um for those like shortcomings like um in episode one of season five of Homer Homer's uh barbershop quartet uh Barts makes a like they're like wait don't you rem-? like dad's on an album and like don't you remember it only happened like 8 years ago and bart's like well between tv and something something i don't remember what happened 5 minutes ago and uh, i think
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, no it's serious it's a really big problem was that episode yeah. yeah, like, like,
1: what are we all laughing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i i feel like that 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 loosens the tension and like that that uncomfortable kind of squeaky feeling I had. Um when you're when you're watching season three and you feel like you're just watching a weird abusive family.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean obviously I didn't have that much of a squ- well, okay, that street cardie barge, I kind of it's like yeah, that one was particularly squeaky. Yeah, that- yeah. I I'm not gonna use that word because it's not a word, and I don't want you to make me say squeaky, squicky, squicky, squeaky, squeaky. No, see that's not a word.
1: Um Who needs the
0: squeaky Mart? I do. yeah i it's definitely i i mean what you're picking up on i took in a different way but yeah it's kind of the same concept i just feel like the um the kind of spiky edges of the characters are kind of like honed down a little bit it's really just everybody's an idiot and everybody's trying to service the the comedy of the show which is like the hms pinafore thing where it's like i think even season four they wouldn't have done the over the top Song and dance number, unfurling a flag. Inexplicably, there's there's uh, uh, costumes uh, on board of the boat. You know, Mm. it's that that kind of leaving reality. I think allowed for characters to not have to be as uh, you know strictly. Like Homer didn't have to be the the kind of shitty dad like you're so you know now that you have like kind of this flexible reality you're allowed to you know kind of leave and instead of like being stuck at like how many how many seasons can you have yeah well he's a negligent father you know shitty husband and you know uh the bard is the you know kind of self-centered you know like the the yeah yeah you're allowed to kind of break through those molds a little bit there's a couple moments of uh uh i think it was this season was this the one um there was a there was a good Lisa moment in this one on that same thing. Um Oh, maybe that wasn't the season. Was this the season where where Bard and Lisa kinda of switch positions and Lisa kinda of becomes like a jerk? Oh, that's probably later, right? Honestly, I don't remember but I know
1: exactly which episode you're talking about. Is that
0: yeah, I think that comes later. See, I, unfortunately, I've already I
1: watched. Um, he Bart becomes a home monitor. He gets yeah. to go into the closet. Of yeah, yeah, they kind of do
0: the switch. Yeah. Anyway, that's. I mean, that's just the the thrust of the show allows for more of that. It does kind of take away from some of the uh, the yeah the kind of harsh edges because I mean, there's still you know Homer's obviously still like an abusive idiot. Bart still doesn't stand up for herself. Lisa's still abused and kind of shitty Bart's just overall terrible if you actually counted him as a human being but uh they uh because they kind of become more cartoony I think it's not as like spiky outsides like I mean like all right so episode uh two Cape fear the Cape fear ripoff there's there's he's getting letters written to him in blood like this is how nobody cared about that yeah that's what I mean so they they kind of <laughs> Cartoon reality started taking over a little bit more.
1: Honestly, uh, and like I um, I something I loved about rewatching Cape Fear is first of all how like full on Water- Warner Brothers cartoony that episode is. Yeah, like slapsticky cartoony, and um, how I wish that they would bring that back into like that stiff modern or contemporary Simpsons. I feel like uh, yeah. has like no elements of that whatsoever.
0: Um, well, that's, you know, that one, there's an answer for that is they, on the DVD, they talk about it is um, like the like the rake scene where it keeps getting smashed with rakes mm-hmm. is the show literally just ran short, and they needed to fill time. So they just loop that same joke, like the, the in the original draft, the original animation, they animated it once.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: already just he gets hit by a rake once, you know, far less Warner Brothers car it's far less, uh, you know, kind of over the top old school cartoon, but uh, they were running super, super short. So they had to keep looping it. And again, with the modern shows, they're two minutes shorter than they used to be. Oh, no, I'm good thinking. They're like two minutes shorter than they were back then. So I don't think you're going to... There's no time for a lot of that kind of slapsticky stuff, which is unfortunate. Yeah, because there's... uh,
1: Because honestly, I think that might be one of my top five Simpsons moments of all time. Is just Sideshow Bob stepping into that rake over and over and over again. Yeah. Why are there so many rakes? Where, like... How does he not notice, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. just like, and the more you think about it, the funnier it gets instead yeah. of breaking down. and then like when he actually when he steps on the rake again on the boat, I just like fucking died. Oh died. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: there's a good callback for that many uh next few seasons later where uh where he has he goes to the air show. He he steps on a rake randomly there. I think it was that episode, but it's like a few seasons later, they randomly throw the rake joke in again, which is quite funny.
1: And I think uh, think that episode um, might be one of the best uses of Sideshow Bob. Of having, uh, of, of like who he is as a character, of like this intelligent, hyper literate, full of himself buffoon. Yeah. Like... Which is why he worked so well as a sideshow character, whatever they called the sidekick, I guess. Um, yeah, you're probably right. That that may be that may be the strongest sideshow Bob episode. Easily.
0: I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I mean that might be the strongest one. Yeah, that's a good point. I, there's
1: because I think that the one before one of the I think the one before immediately before that, I'm pretty sure the one, the one where he marries um. Selma. Selma.
0: I think there's one between there,
1: yeah. I
0: think there's no because I think it's it's the first one where he tries to kill Krusty, uh, and then the, I think the second one is where he marries Selma, mm-hmm. and then I think there's another one and then this one because it's season five and I think they tried to do like one a season. So no, he, he runs
1: for mayor at some point, but that's later.
0: Yeah, that's later. The the yeah I don't remember what yeah either way yeah it's this is well it's well now it's an early one because you know everything's an early one but that's point. by far yeah.
1: by far my favorite sideshow Bob and I just feel like they 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 played that like his comedic strength so well in that episode yeah and I also thought it was interesting how little they talk about like the fact that the Simpsons live in a new town that is just such like a, such a minor thing yeah it's not like um. When they when home or, uh is that you only move twice? Yeah. It's not like when you only move twice where them being in a new town and not fitting in is like such a core aspect of the story. Which one's that where They go to Cypress Creek? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That's later though. So we haven't yeah. gotten to that yet. Yeah. This no, is the no, first no, we time. To that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And um they move and you think that would be kind of a bigger deal, and it's not. Yeah. I think um
0: yeah, I, don't know. I think it's because the, the, the plot aspect of it moving, There's no way they were ever going to permanently be gone. So I don't think they really had a lot of time to spend. No, no, and they didn't with, really yeah. invest
1: in it, which is fine, because which is also interesting considering they needed to pad time with uh, Sideshow Bob and the Rakes. Yeah. Um, which, thank God, because I'd much rather them linger on that. Well, I think the thing is there's no B story in that one. Mm-hmm.
0: So you run out of time, and now the modern episodes, there are no B stories because there isn't enough time.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I, thought there was like a, I thought there was like a really interesting um parallel that I thought of uh how there's like this endemic right now of people like not taking online harassment seriously and like people getting death threats and yeah. getting told like this is your address, I'm gonna come murder you, and all those things that are happening to people right now. Um, like especially you know feminists and stuff, but um, I thought they were, like, really interesting. You know, anybody playing Call of Duty, yeah. <laughs> well, that's different th- yeah. than looking up no, your address, yada yada. But um, but I was thinking like it's very, it was very similar. Like watching Bart getting the letters in blood and getting like continuously threatened, and like, and this one goes out to Bart Simpson. It's I'm gonna kill you. And the way that, like, nobody thought about that is I felt like that was, I don't know, it was just, like, such a very clear parallel to me. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, that was kind of great because that was his other, because somehow uh, um, Dr. Demento also wants to kill Bart. Because that was the the line is, Bart, your arch nemesis is on the radio, and it's Dr. Demento. Or is that (laughs) that the next episode? It's, there's, oh, fuck, now I don't remember. That might be, oh, yeah, that might be the episode with Sideshow Bob's last gleaming. But there's another joke with that. Bart, your arch nemesis on the radio, and it's Dr. Demento. And he throws the uh, radio out of the window. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, that's one of those ones where it is such a – the cartoon universe of it. I think having any kind of gravity behind those threats would be really difficult to pull off. Like, if that's not the – if that's not the, at least – if that's not, like, the A-plot. I think there's, a, like, way too nuanced of a thing to even – Oh, yeah, it, and know, I'm not yeah,
1: saying yeah. that, like, obviously it makes sense within the show, within the context that – like it would have been very, very bizarre if Wiggum would have seen notes in blood and would have been like, "Oh my goodness, we must investigate this yeah. so very thoroughly." Like, but I'm just saying, like, I, I I felt like that was such a clear analogy, like that I just pulled, I just pulled myself, um, and for like what's happening with uh, like people who are like getting harassed now and being told like. Oh, yeah, that's nothing. They're getting like literally like the same response,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I could see that. I just um, yeah, I guess I yeah, I guess I can see that,
1: and the difference is yeah. one is an old episode of The Simpsons where you can't expect a difference response, and no, I mean,, you
0: know, I, I was just more thinking that like it I mean I guess you're right, it's just the online one is tough because there's you know basically like the kind of expectation of anonymity that happens online, so. Mm. It's a little bit different than literally, it's blood, his, his fingerprints fingerprints, blood are on the fucking nose. So it's like, but yeah, I guess I guess it is kind of similar. But you know, the, the online thing is difficult because there is that that like obviously there's people that are getting like legitimately threatened, mm. but there's also a bunch of idiot kids on Call of Duty calling each other horrible names and threatening each other. Like, there's two different kinds of threatening. So it's it's difficult. To have the, to like to, to differentiate the two, but yeah, I mean, you're totally right. There, yeah. are, there are people that are like literally getting threat, like, no, this is proper threatening. This isn't some, this isn't calling someone, you know, on, you know, uh, shitty words on Twitter. This is like, you live at, you know, Evergreen Terrace and I'm going to come to your house and rape and kill you. Yeah, that's a threat. Like, that's not, mm. that's not fun online back and forth, but you know, hey, you're a shithead. I want to kill you. That's not a threat. That's but another, the, yeah.
1: <laughs> Like, interesting thing I think about that is that, um, Like, uh, this is the contrast of, like, online threats versus, you know, letters and blood from Sideshow Bob. It's like Sideshow Bob knew where Bart lived. Yeah. He knew. And then he, like, crawled on the bottom of his car and got hit by cactuses, which I wish could happen to online harasser people, but, you know, doesn't.
0: Well, I mean, it depends what you refer to online harassment again. Like, proper online harassment, yes, but, like, just... Being an asshole online? No. I'm, I'm yeah. talking very yeah. specifically. Oh, yeah, about, I know. It's just, yeah. again, it's one of those things like that thing I was saying in the beginning where my friend was completely misusing gaslighting, which is a slightly different situation. But like, it's some people really like to hear what's happening to people and then latch onto it and think it's happening to them. It's like, no, it's just the internet's a really shitty place. And what you're doing is is attaching yourself to a serious thing and then taking away from the gravitas of that. Like Like, oh, someone on Twitter called me fat. Yeah, that's not fun. That is very true. Yeah, and that's like, and as
1: I said, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, about. no, no, yeah. totally.
0: It's just that is unfortunately what a lot of people are talking about now. Because again, once something becomes well known to the populace, it gets ruined by people. Mm. So it's like, hey, here's an actual serious uh thing that's happening in the universe. Oh, that's totally happening to me too. No, it isn't. That's no. <laughs> Some idiot called you fat on Twitter. That's not the same thing. Like this is the internet's horrible. This is yeah, it's it's yeah.
1: If yeah. And I was thinking about also, it's like if those same threats were being mailed, like physically, like that would be something that people would, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: that's, again, the difference between, well, the difference between being like uh, threatened and being, you know, just kind of saying shitty things to them. But like if, yeah, if the if the idea is that you're going to, like, I know a lot of fucking, well, not a lot, but I've seen a lot of people online do like, I'm going to kill you, where it's like, like, they don't mean they're going to kill you. They're using that as like a euphemistic phrase. But then, like, there's, like, trying to find that line where it's like, oh, no, they actually mean I'm going to kill you. Then it's like, oh, no, send police, like, no. <laughs> like, th- this person needs help, like, a lot. Like, make them go away. This is scary. But, yeah, I just, I always, you know, I um heard the phrase recently, problematize a situation, which I realize is exactly the way I do my thinking, is that any situation I like to find the problem with, mm-hmm. whether it's a, something that's supposed to be good or something that's supposed to be bad, like, any kind of, like, modern um movement, like uh, uh, like, any kind of, like, Anytime you hear, like, a new word game, pop- popularization, I, like, go, all right, well, what's the problem with this? And break it down a little bit. So, like, that's that's the one with that side where it's like, oh, it's because people are idiots. Which is, weirdly enough, where a lot of things get broken down to towards the end. It goes, mm. oh, yeah, because people latch on to this and get really annoyed like, about dumb things and just shouldn't be spoken about. Like, me and my friends, uh, we are we're having a conversation about the, the trans bathroom thing. Like, how is there a law about bathrooms? This is the dumbest thing. Like, I know it's, there's a serious thing going on, but it's like the fact it got this far. It's like it's a fucking bathroom. Like, just wait, we're supposed to be grown
1: ups here. Like, you shouldn't. There should. Oh, and also, all <laughs> of a sudden, Republicans care about women's no, safety.
0: G- yeah, it's... Yeah, the, all of a sudden, yeah. It's the wackiest are. shit ever, and it's... it's Go
1: uh, test rape kits if you care about women's safety, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like half
0: the Republicans that say have been caught in bathrooms doing things that I assure you were not, the bathrooms were not designed for. Like, mm-hmm. there's... It's generally Republicans that are found near a, a hole with another guy going, psst, onto it. You know? And also,
1: like, publishing, tra- uh, like, the trans community for... Like, how horrible men have the p- propensity to be is really fucked up and not fair.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a number of things going on here. here there's one is, um, hey, how about you stop referring to men as villains? Like, that'd be cool. Because, like, w- but a lot of us aren't. And stop painting us that way. Because, like, there's a lot of this, joy. like, I wasn't here for this. Like, we were all acting like grownups. Like, stop. Like, don't, one, don't make fun of trans people for f- f- things, that too, don't use men as the example. Like, all of a sudden, now I'm the Hitler in the in the in the uh, online debate, where it's like, oh, yeah, well, Hitler thought that way, too. It's like, well, would you like a man in your bed? What the fuck did I do? I just had to take a piss. <laughs> I haven't raped or killed anybody. I was just... No, there the are trans
1: part. people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah.
0: Um, oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yes, trans people are in the, uh, should be in the protected uh, st- status here. But using using men as the bad example, like, but just, but no, I didn't do anything. I wasn't here for that. Stop painting me. No, your- and and men yeah. should
1: be outraged by that.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, yo, yeah. No, I've, I'm on, I'm on the side of this. It is fucking absurd to have fucking law about a bathroom. Baff- it is the baffling stupidity of this. Like we already did this in the fucking fifties and sixties. It's been covered. It's not a big deal. You didn't, like in 1974, you didn't have a wave of Negroes humping your delicate white the lady. Like when we desegregated bathrooms, we've already covered this. Just stop. Oh, God, sorry. It just annoys the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. That's millions of dollars are being spent. On, on even debating this. Like having having anything go to like a house, like to, to go to like any kind of like senatorial debate, any anything. That costs a shitload of taxpayer money. And you're debating where someone has to be just have a have a have a bathroom for the stand-up people because the only difference is there's a different bit of equipment in there. And I mean the bathroom, because there's a yeah. journal. You should have the standy up guys, the, the, the guys of the, the usage it's standy up humans and city down humans. And, and that's it and, and, not, and then, like, then, then we then we cross our hands like this and go, it is over. Let us talk about something that actually matters you fucking hassle.
1: <laughs> and like I don't want to be a, a defend well I don't want to be a big defender of the Obama administration at the risk of sounding like super statist. Um, this is why it bothers me when people say that uh, that parties don't matter they're like, oh well who you vote for doesn't matter And I'm like are you fucking kidding me like oh I feel like the Obama administration is is doing a pretty damn good job as far as I know of responding to that. Oh and yeah, shutting yeah. it down and just yeah. shutting it down. Yeah, and if you yeah. think for a fucking second that like Romney would have done that, yeah, you know.
0: Well, I mean, I think that that's yeah, I, that's a good point. But like, I I don't believe in in I don't think who you matter for votes. Mu- who you vote for matters much, but only because I loathe both parties a lot. But. You're totally correct. The lesser of two evils in this case, like we're quite like that. Like it's way
1: lesser. Yeah, way are, way lesser. Yeah. I feel like it's very easy and to, to minimalize what the lesser of two evils is. Well, no, the no, lesser no. of
0: two evils is just like, but it's not minimalized. It's it's you're still like that's that's the danger in the statement. You're you're now rationalizing that we're voted for evil. Like in your statement's very dangerous because that's actually how how this works. Is that the lesser of two evils? You go no no, but he's no he's the lesser the lesser. You're, you've now put the now you've put the word evil. There's an extra word with a comma away from the fact that the word evil is
1: still. Oh, I'm not I'm not denying just, that at all. No, no, I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying like uh, yeah. that's, a, that, that's. But you're still saying that like that that simplifies it and that makes oh, no, it Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just one of
0: those things where people tend to forget that. Like, yeah, it's the lesser of two evils. We're we're really skipping by the important part of that statement. That is the evil like I got not yelled at, but I was I was uh, chastised the other night because they, they asked me if I was voting for Bernie. I was like, well, no, because he's running as a Democrat. Like I don't, I'm not going to vote for one of the two parties. Just I don't do that because I'm not going to vote for evil. Now, if I voted for a swing state that uh, my vote actually thought <laughs> yeah, mattered, Bernie is
1: practically Green Party though. Then, then,
0: totally fine, but if he had the presidency, he'd have the Democratic Party behind him, and then he would have the exact power of Obama. Like I thought Obama meant a lot of the shit he ran under. It's just. He didn't get a lot of it done because it's a two-party system and it's inherently fucked. So I'm not going to give my my vote to something that's inherently fucked, and the word "evil" is is threed out of the list of the descriptive of the party.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I feel like I feel like Bernie is saying what could have possibly been, let's say, nine years ago Obama's thoughts, and he's saying them this far from the get go. So I just oh, feel no, like yeah. it's pushing back.
0: Totally. It's that. Just- you know, it's just you need your party support to get anything passed. So it's like if, if he somehow got, uh, you know, got elected, it would be this ineffectual just, you know, hey, I want to have this happen. Like maybe you can veto some stuff. But like the actual passing yeah. of things.
1: Yeah, I go for yeah. ineffectual Bernie over Hillary Oh, that's fine. Oh Always. no, no, I'm
0: not. I'm not saying between
1: the two of them. I'm just saying, like, if
0: I, if like he was the lesser, lesser. <laughs> yeah, no, no. if he was the nominee for the presidency, I mean, like, I, no, of course I won't vote for him because he's running. He's I don't a Democrat, know. I just yeah. don't
1: think that Bernie's like that. Bernie is a lesser of evils, though. I feel like no, he's just straight no, up
0: not evil. Doesn't matter about him. He's he would be a Democrat, and the, you need money and you need the party behind you to pass anything. So he could have like the most well-meaning, amazing. That's like Obama <laughs> wanted to close Gitmo. He wanted it. He was so passionate badly. about it, and you know what he couldn't cuz he was a democrat and you need the other democrats to agree with you and and they go no no dude you don't understand they give us like a lot of money like that's like people that create bombs and 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 they they give us money and that's why we're here so no we can't close things What and, are the you know,
1: signs in that one episode of the Simpsons to take it back to The Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm where tired of the Simpsons uh where the Demo- or there's the the Democratic convention and the Republican convention and it's like we can't govern and the democrat side is like we can't govern um so that, well the republican what is we're just plain evil and the democrats are like we can't govern yeah it's it was like a side like that. gag
0: yeah. yeah uh i mean we could type it into frankly or whatever but we i don't remember oh, well enough so thing. it won't work
1: anyway back on cape fear yeah um i was actually i but, but
0: unless you have something of cape fear because i'm actually done with that one i was gonna go back to homer's barbershop quartet and then turn the page in our booklet
1: Okay, can we go back to bar- Homer's barbershop quartet? Of course. Here's what I want to say about that. I
0: love. Here's the line I loved. I remember. So this came out in this aired for the first time in 1993, September 30th. So I had turned 13 the day before. Happy birthday, young Alex. I was a man if I was uh, if I was uh, uh, of, of the tribe. Here is what I loved about that. 13 years old. Hey, what'd you do? Say you're bigger than Jesus, like John Lennon did. Oh, bigger than Jesus. We said it all the time. In fact, that was the name of our second album. Yeah. <laughs> As a thirteen-year-old budding free thinker, raised raised Catholic, like I'm just starting to understand the the emotional trauma that had been done to me during my youth. Holy shit, was that an eye opening? Like me and my friends used to go fucking bonkers and say that phrase to each other constantly of like the bigger the Jesus thing. Because this is kind of the season where like. There's a bit of atheism starts coming out in this show. Like there starts to be like, or at least anti-theism starts showing up in The Simpsons mm-hmm. a lot in this season. And I, I, when rewatching that, I'm like, oh, I totally forgot about that line. Like the bigger than Jesus line is like, oh, Jesus,
1: we used to talk about that a lot. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing that I've completely forgotten about was when they were like, we need to write a song that just says that we're in the 80s. And it's like, there was nothing in, um, that was the vault. Oh, Al Capone's vault. Yeah, there was nothing in Al vault, but it was in Geraldo's oh, vault. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I fucking died. Yeah, that was like one of the many things that like I just never picked. I did not pick up on that joke the yeah. first like thousand times I watched it. I'm uh I'm I'm old, so that
0: one I understood because I think I actually watched the vault opening live. Um, really? I liked. I also liked. Um. Uh, uh, there was another another part I liked, which just I don't know, it just reminded me of a lot of things of being young, of where eating the foam and he's like, <laughs> it just causes toxic blindness. I don't know why that just like it just you know I, you're it, dumb enough to
1: eat the foam. Yeah. I'm the last generation.
0: oh <laughs> yeah, I'm the last generation, or maybe a couple of years after me, uh, to grow up with incredibly dangerous things. Like my my Voltron was made of metal. Yeah, mm. this is uh, uh, the the last of the ah uh, you'll you'll get over it generation. Yeah, so, I think uh,
1: I got like the tail end of that. We were talk- we talked yeah, about that on the other podcast. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. I, I think you
0: probably saw like yeah. So it's like that last fading vestige of that. So it's like that that it, foam stuff. Like oh, I remember that. What to find is actually? Can I retake you on this offer? Yeah, Would you mind? Um, you.
1: And it's interesting too because I feel like. Uh, it's like, uh, as a preschool teacher, I think that some of my parents almost feel like they're being slightly edgy by being like, oh, yeah, they're fine. And I'm like, no, that's how you should be. <laughs> you know, they will be fine. It's going to be fine. All
0: right. So I'm going to, we're, we're going to move away from The Simpsons one more time. We're here.
1: drinking Gilgamesh Amamba.
0: I had no idea. Okay. So one Gilgamesh uh, Brewery, love the name because, you know, as, as, as listeners of my other podcast, The Alex Cast Now, I, I vaguely obsessed with the epic of Gilgamesh, Um. Now we're drinking Gilgamesh Mama. Now, you know, Lillian, Lily, would you please please uh, uh, elucidate to the audience? The, the, read the description of this this here beer.
1: Ale brewed with black tea and tangerine peel. Now, this is not bad
0: uh, uh, to drink. However, I was not thinking that. I just didn't look at the description. I just didn't want to stand up and go to the fridge to grab a a, a drink. And, and I took a sip of it and went, what the hell's happening in my mouth right now? Because like, I'll tell you guys, even if you have like a really sophisticated palate, it's difficult to pick up on hints of black tea and tangerine peel. And
1: bergamot, <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? Uh, bergamot oil? Yeah. Bergamot?
0: Uh, I think so. That's the stuff in uh, in uh, uh, Chi or gray hot is bergamot. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's in there too. It says uh, it's water, barley, black tea, tangerine peel, hops, bergamot. I think it's bergamot. I, I, I think
0: I, I think that's why I've heard it said.
1: I, I like it because it tastes like um, Blue Moon that I don't have to be embarrassed to drink. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you remember Alex, like when I first turned twenty one, I like remember coming up, going to like telling you like I found this beer. I finally found this beer that I really like, like like a, uh, like a microbrew that I really like, and it was Blue Moon. And you were very kind and to say, "Yeah, I bet when I was 21, I would have thought Blue Moon was a really good beer too." I, you know, it's, I, that's kinder than I thought it would have been. Uh, uh, you were very kind th- yeah. in retrospect. But yeah, yeah, no, this is like uh, the Gilgamesh Pomba. It tastes just like it's fancy Blue Moon, and that's yeah. why I like it. No, Blue Moon isn't isn't the
0: worst thing ever. It's it's that uh, it's made by a large company and is uh is that's what we're thinking of, right? Blue Moon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, and I'm nodding. Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. But
0: um, it's yeah, that was more my that's a, that's more my problem with it. I just if we're gonna have a microbrew, I would just prefer it be made by like an actual microbrewery, like instead of you know some subsidiary by you know coors yeah.
1: or whatever. The next episode. Wait, no, no, oh, no. I'm oh, sorry.
0: What what happened? Um,
1: there? one little tiny little thing that I noticed, and I, I don't know if any other any other people ever picked on up on this. I'm pretty sure that in some of the songs. In Homer's Barbershop Quartet, after they kick um, Wiggum out, mm-hmm. you can still hear Wiggum on the track. I and I don't know.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you're wrong in, 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 in this, is that uh, there's only one member of the Simpsons cast that actually sings on it, and that's, that's uh, um, uh, Castellaneta's Barney. Everybody, everybody else is a uh, – the, the the B-Sharps are actually the the house band from uh, Disney World, the barbershop quartet what? from Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's only Dan Castellana and the house band from Disney World. the house band in Disney World still gets requests to do the b sharp songs and will, and will perform it. Yeah. What? And when Disney World, it might be Disneyland. The one in California.
1: I don't know the name. The good one. Yeah. yeah. um That's so crazy and I love that. But I yeah. swear I, – I just thought that like I could have sworn that in one of the like segments – I heard um, a very distinctive Wiggum well, nasal thing going, like thing going on. I and I, I think... was wondering if maybe that was like some kind of blunder that someone should be fired for. <laughs> yeah, or... somebody should be
0: fired for that one. He yeah, clearly hit two different xylophone. Uh, hey, keys.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, uh, from listening to the commentary and watching the show, I I didn't hear that spot. Um. But from what it sounded like, the only time, like, the, the cast members, it was Castlaneta, and he's – so I don't see why that would happen. But um, maybe there's some other version of the episode, and and that was, like, a cut scene that somehow they fucked up the audio tracker. I mean, it's certainly possible. Yeah, uh. yeah.
1: I just thought that was weird because I was like, wait, it sounds like – it really sounds like Wiggum is on this track. Also, I really like oh, – Wait, on that note, sorry, just one second. If we have producer
0: Michael in the studio, uh, he, he could look things up. I have a producer on my other show now.
1: Oh, yeah! yeah.
0: How fancy is that? art right, sorry, continue. I just want to say because he's the guy that did the theme song to this show.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, that man, I really like Wiggins. Seven foot tall,
0: ha- ha- blazing red hair, arms thick as tree trunks. Oh,
1: that guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember that guy. Caught. Uh, he caught the general. Uh. Sorry, I'm going to stop interrupting you now. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Um. I really like I was lying. <laughs> Sorry, <please. laughs> I I really like uh Wiggums' continuous efforts to like get back into the B sharps. Yeah. Um <laughs> the, the best line is <laughs> What's this
0: should we shoot it with tear gas? Ah, just wait for the song to be over. Uh, <laughs> and then we're at the end. Or, oh, and then George Harris are really like, ah, it's, it's been it's done, been done yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. wonderful.
1: And like um What was the other Little detail. Oh like the how the girl how oh yeah, yeah, there's a one throw line throwaway line. I completely, completely forgot. Is Bart buys a bong at the garage sale and he's like, I found this pencil holder and Homer goes been a long time since I've seen a bong or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: they do, yeah. Homer does say bong at one point. He yeah, says the yeah. word
1: bong. Yeah, and I and I know that's kind of the joke is that like that you would expect the joke to just be like, look at that, Bart has a bong, and then Homer's like <laughs> bong. Yeah, um, not even like that. But um, I totally, totally forgot about that. Yeah, I did
0: too. I forgot it was brand you know, new to me when I was watching that because I just re- somewhat recently watched the Homer gets addicted to pot episode. I don't know if you've uh, seen that, that one. episode. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate it as much. Uh,
1: there's I, it, really funny parts. I mean, they yeah. call them fingers, but I've never seen a
0: thing. Brilliant. I, I, I never, like, I, I don't watch the show at uh, that season. Like, that may be the only episode I saw that season. So mm-hmm. um, I was fine with it because it's just kind of a novelty. But, uh, yeah, it, it, there's, when I was, because watching this one where he says Bong, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't realize this was a thing that happened until, you know, much later.
1: Also, like, I, I just think it's so weird when they try to make pot. They try to explain pot in media, and they somehow make it look like way better than it actually is.
0: Yeah, they either make it look way better, or way worse, but I think that's because media are a bunch of squares, a <laughs> bunch of L seven weenies.
1: Yeah, not just any weenies. L
0: seven weenies.
1: What does that mean? Explain L- that. L seven.
0: Oh! I literally just made the. You put an L and a seven using your thumb and first finger and hold them together to make a square. Like, and Lily just had her eyes open. That that's why L seven means square because it makes a square with your fingers.
1: I've never. Well, I don't think I've heard that term before, to be honest. You you remember the band L seven from back in the day, don't you? Yeah, but I didn't know that's, that's what they meant. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at you wrinkling my
0: brain and like shit. Look at me wrinkling your brain. That's what All I right. do. Yeah. I'm like I'm like sitting too long in the bathtub of knowledge <laughs> after having a. Trap panning operation. Yeah, in your face, you stotty old dean. Where <laughs> goes to college. Um. Okay, here's another thing from this episode that I said a lot when I was a kid. Uh, We used to have a website uh, between me and three of my friends. It was called Three Idiots and a Spider Monkey. And uh, we wrote a movie script of the same title. And on that website, there was a Simpsons trivia and Simpsons quotes because we we're fucking obsessed with it. One of the things that we probably said more towards one another than we said hello or I have feelings is let's roll them up at a carpet and throw them off a bridge. Yes! Maybe the best quote in the history of ever. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but my God, excitedly saying, Let's roll them up at a carpet and throw them off a bridge is Oh,
1: it's brilliant. And I oh, like so I use happy. that all the time yeah. as like that's one of those Simpsons quotes that I regularly make and have people look at me like. That weird look, you know, you get when you quote The Simpsons to people who totally don't get you know it. And hard then, look I get Marge,
0: you know that hard look I get sometimes about Archie? You know that hard look?
1: Yeah. You know, like, kind of embarrassing thing, which is, like, I, back, like, when I had an OK Cupid profile, I made sure that I specified, like, I need to be able to quote The Simpsons and not have to explain that that was from The Simpsons. That is, like, Oh, I should hard have that rule. Mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I'm a guy. Probably every guy has that, right? No. Oh, really? You'd okay, I'm going to add that to actually. mine. Yeah. And then, then I can have uh, one more line. No one's ever gonna read.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but anyway, look, I need to tell the truth. I don't. This is very much an Animal House inspired episode, which I don't really like. The movie Animal House, and this episode was funny, but I, I can't think a fuck all to say about it.
1: <laughs> no, no, I've oh the, well. There's the van. And um, how, like, Homer causes a meltdown in the van. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I have no idea
0: how he did it, considering there's no uh, nuclear physical material in the van. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, oh,
1: van. oh, yeah. I also, that's also one of my favorite quotes that I use all the time. Um, is I think that's, like, where uh, you can have the washer-dryer where the lovely Smithers is standing, or what's in this box. Oh, yeah. The box, the box. Yeah. And pretty much any chance I have to say the box, the box, I take it. Yeah, because um, you were big into Canadian uh, music channels when you were young. <laughs> and beastung stung my bottom.
0: No, my bottom's big. Is <laughs> that that uh, episode? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay, that's a good one. I have yeah. it right here. Yeah. Um,
1: And it's not distracting me. It's keeping me on task. Sort of. I'm, I'm sort pretty of. on task right now, I feel like. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I have noticed
0: any time I talk for more than a sentence, I actually watch you drift and just go...
1: Hmm. But I also, oh, and, uh, like, and that reminds me of, a, like, I think it's a later episode where Bart and the bullies are all locked in the basement because uh, Super Nintendo Chalmers is over.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all win twin bikes, that one. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, And then it ends with them getting all breakfast club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to press
0: on unless you can think of something amazing.
1: Episode. Wait, 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 wait. I'm just thinking for a second. Um, we got a lot
0: of absolutely go through Capone. <laughs> Let's face it. There's no, there's no social commentary in this one. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm mean. sure there is.
0: But um, okay, it was funny when they had the the bra bomb around Nixon, and then they started doing the dance. From, <laughs> uh, for, you know, for for laughing.
1: Oh yeah, no, and that's <laughs> another quote I use all the time. Secretary of partying down. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't get to use that all that often.
1: Oh, uh, that's what, my that's my goal in life, crusty old Dean. Considering one of the, one of the uh, uh, throughputs
0: of the, of the Simpsons, the, the kids at home, and I say kids, uh, pretty much anybody that's—I mean, you could have theoretically the people that are younger than me could have grandchildren at this point. So uh, I'm very you, you loose in this word, but um, if you haven't seen Citizen Kane or The Godfather and and enjoy The Simpsons. You, you're missing a lot of the show. Like, there's so many references to those, those movies uh, uh, that if you haven't seen them, I don't know how you've understood a lot of The Simpsons. In fact, you haven't.
1: Did you have... Okay, since we went to the same high school, Alex. Maybe. Did you ever have the... Subs- I thought you said Alex, because I thought you were talking to the other
0: guy. The other
1: person in the room. <laughs>
0: no, it was fine. It was just... It was it was cute. Um, it, it just... It looked like you were trying to draw attention from the other person talking, and it actually threw me. I'm like... <laughs> it's a good yeah. way to get you to stop yeah. talking but yeah. anyway uh, well i was actually i did have a point <laughs> oh i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> no,
1: it's all right all right um i interrupted uh but do you remember we had there i don't know if he was there if he was a sub when you were a sub when you were um at our high school but we had this one substitute teacher who was like this older dude who liked to hear himself talk but he always wore brand new basketball sneakers That doesn't ring a bell. Uh, Okay, he was like one of the weirdest substitutes we had, and he liked to talk about weird, irrelevant shit. Um, even though you could tell that his substitute instructions were clearly like, just show this movie. Yeah, yeah. He would stand in front of the room and talk. Yeah. For most of the time. Roll in the five foot tall cart with the giant CRT TV. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, I think at that point we might have had the weird the CRTs in the corner. But um Ooh. every classroom had CRT in the corner, which is a very big deal in like the year two thousand. Yeah, but catchy. um so there was a one one time and I forget who was my English teacher at the time, but uh we were watching Citizen Kane and he talked for like a half an hour about Citizen Kane and this anecdote only makes sense really if you remembered that bubbling weird that bumbling weird substitute who got really mad if you didn't listen to his his Stuff about Citizen Kane, but I remember, like, I was so glad to have watched Citizen Kane because so much Simpsons made sense. Oh yeah, it made the Simpsons that much funnier. Yeah, the same thing with uh Twilight Zone.
0: Yeah, well, the Simpsons, the, the Citizen Kane thing specifically, and I'll pick up where my sentence was about to go. Rosebud, episode one, fo one, uh, written by John Swartzwelder, directed by uh, Wes Archer. This is uh the one with uh Bobo. Uh, Mr. Burns' missing teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I take offense to that that usage, because the term teddy bear I don't think was in use when Mr. Burns was young enough, because that would be under the Teddy Roosevelt administration, which is what the teddy be Rose- teddy bear was named after. Oh my goodness, you're Mr. right. Burns being old now, I don't actually know when Roosevelt was uh, president, but I feel like that is I- inaccurate. It doesn't really matter though.
1: Bring back Here- Sheriff Lobo. There
0: is a video on what I like to call the World Wide Web that you can look up. You want to type in The Simpsons and then just watch every video. Eventually, you're going to find this one. <laughs> or you can type in The Simpsons versus Citizen Kane or something like that. Somebody put a side by side video together and it's not done great, but it, it, it'll help you, uh, elucidate because I like saying that word tonight. Uh how many comparisons are so somebody went and took every scene that they did remade in on The Simpsons that are directly taken from Citizen Kane. Um in this episode, uh Mr. Burns uh slowly dropping the Snow Globe uh that he's got from the Snow Globe Factory box is uh is from it. Um the Bobo is from a reference to uh it's it's nice to this is really this is really off putting. I need you to stop. Oh, uh, wait. <laughs> no. I, I
1: was thinking about it. I'm that. talking
0: to someone watching TV right now. And it's no, really I wasn't off-putting.
1: watching TV. I was listening to you.
0: Yeah, no, it's just, it's, 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 I'm not blaming you. It's just really hard to do because, like, I I don't even know if you're listening. I um, am listening. No, you're fine. Uh, um, the, uh, the, 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 the Snow Globe, the, uh, uh, Smithers there walking in. There is a man. Is the same. Yeah, that's a that's, certain man.
1: Which oh, is a different episode.
0: Uh, which is a different episode, but that's from there. But yeah, you can watch this video on uh, on the internet there that does the comparison. Here's g- two g- two quick anecdotes about um, uh, Citizen Kane. There is a man, a certain man who who dresses up and does about all he can. He loves a joke, enjoys a smoke. Uh, blah, blah 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 blah. So I know the lyrics to that while it's on. It's Mister Bird, because uh, well, no, I know it because uh, Jack White of the White Stripes did a cover of that on one of the White Stripes albums.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Now. I I didn't actually know that it was from Citizen Kane because I'd watched it once when I was a kid uh, and then uh, uh, totally forgotten about it. But so um, it's helpful, basically long way around, to listen to The White Stripes and, and watch Citizen Kane to enjoy The Simpsons. But this episode specifically is just chock-a-block, to use the phrase, chock-a-block with references. Um, also, The Ramones. So starring... Features the guest voices of the Ramones. Dead, 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 and dead,
1: if you would like a catch up. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I also really like I felt that way about Barber watching. Downward. I felt that way about watching a spe- oh, especially to go back a minute. Uh Barbershop um, Quartet.
0: Especially. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh the Barbershop Shop Quartet yeah. episode. So many people in it are dead. And really? like Well, uh, yeah. Well, George Harrison. I didn't mean
0: mean to doubt you. Uh, Um,
1: and then they make a Bob Hope reference because Bob Hope was still alive at the time. Guess voices of David Crosby,
0: probably still alive. I'm not sure. Is David Crosby dead? No. Okay, George Harrison dead. Um. Oh, the Dapper Dan's the name of the 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 pop group from. uh, from uh from, from yeah. World. okay, yeah, no, the rest are unfortunate. I was hoping that some of those were a lot more were guest stars. A lot of them were uh, just them doing the voice, so I don't have a list of Oh them. and then yeah, uh, yeah.
1: and then Joan Rivers makes a, a Chief Wiggum reference. And it's just like oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, man, so many of these celebrities are dead. Uh the same thing happened in uh in um This episode that we're talking about right now that I'm spacing on the name of... Rosebud. Rosebud. It's not a rememberable name. Yeah, no. Okay, good. I feel better.
0: Um, Yeah, because it's the the name of the sled from Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah. Which
1: isn't in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Just in case you didn't realize that it was a Citizen Kane reference. By the way, spoiler alert on Citizen Kane. Okay, wait. Here's... Wait. I... Okay, sorry.
0: There's a funny thing about watching The Simpsons. So watching The Simpsons director's commentary, they run no out shit to talk about. So they talk about how there's a Simpsons curse, that every time that, that somebody appears on The Simpsons as a guest guest star or gets written to an episode, they end up dying before they can record the episode. And they go, well, no, it's not all that quintessential. It's just we really like old people and old people stuff. So all other than this episode, all those other ones are just references to old people that, of course, were going to die. This one is the fucking Ramones. Even to this day, it's 2016. I doubt any of the Ramones were... Maybe one of them would have made it to 70. Like, it wasn't like they were, like, incredibly old people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that whole fucking lot's dead. But, yeah, yeah, there's there's a few episodes like that where it's just, like, dead guy, dead guy, reference the dead guy, dead guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, like, it, it really, like, I'm not used to The Simpsons showing its age in that way.
0: Yeah. Well, the one with Homer's mom is really sad because at the end of the episode they do a little, like, in memoriam because that lady died. Oh. Uh, uh, what's her name? Glenn Close.
1: No. Maybe, no, no,
0: maybe it's not Glenn
1: Close. Glenn Close isn't
0: dead. No, 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 it's, I got, I got the episodes fucked up. Who's married to Mel Brooks? That's, it's, that's the lady I'm thinking of. The lady from The Graduate. Um, uh, hold on. This is, I don't think anybody older than me listens to this show, but they're screaming at me. Um, (laughs) Mel Brooks's wife, uh, graduate. What's her name? Uh, uh, Anne Bancroft. Which I actually got it as it was coming up. Um, yeah, Anne Bancroft was was in... Um, I think she was in The Madam of... Of, of The uh, Simpsons' Bordello. Oh. No, no, that may have been Pamela Hayden. Um, I think it was. No, she played Lowenstein. Lowenstein, uh, Barge's uh, therapist. Yeah. Sorry, but, um, that episode's really sad because I do, and, and it's, uh, 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 Al Jean is there because he directed her in a proper movie, talking about how great she is. And then she had died in between the time that the DVD commentary was recorded and the DVD came out. So they did a little addendum at the end saying, like, you know Aww. in Morrm or whatever or maybe died between the episode and there but yeah there's a lot of it it's just man there's just just there's they did the episode with uh um the pretzel guy uh the dude from uh 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 and he dies in that episode yeah uh, uh and that uh, the jack lemon um that's not jack lemon but i think jack is that jack lemon the guy from doesn't matter anyway rosebud um it's
1: an episode i think um that episode, for some weird reason, aired on our particular Fox affiliate like a fuck ton. Do you remember? Yeah, you know what? I do think I watched it a lot. Yeah,
0: it's not a bad episode, but I think the really the only takeaway is it is. Um, do you not even know what incontinent means? I think you just really need to watch. Like, the takeaway from this episode is if you haven't seen *Citizen Kane*, watch it because it's one. It's a it's an important movie in cinema history, and then two, um, it's like important to *The Simpsons*. Uh, we're skipped trios a horror. That's what we decided. Lynn, I, Lillian is trying to silently say she's going to go take a piss, so Thanks you can us. go ahead and do that. Okay. Yeah, I'm never not going to do it. It's going to happen every episode. <laughs> you just have to have to get over it. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to read descriptions of episodes that are coming up, and then uh, the the audience can catch up. So, well, Lillian is going to uh, powder her nose, uh, which I don't know what putting urine in a toilet has to do with powdering nose. Uh, we're dealing the next episode is Marge and the Lamb, which is Marge goes on a girl's night with next door neighbor Ruth Powers. When Chief Williams helps to pull Ruth over, she flees and reveals her she stole the car from her ex-husband, pursued by cops they drive over a chasm on the land safely on a pile of garbage. Um, that's uh, <laughs> weird use of chasm. Arch in her child, a uh, really great uh, reference to Mr. Albert Brooks, billed as a Brooks. Uh, one of the very, very, uh, frequent guest stars, uh, the only guest star that's allowed to ad lib. A lot of the Albrooks episodes have, uh, they say that pretty much by the time the show airs, none of the original lines are in, like, he ad libs full episodes that aren't in there. since uh, Simpsons movie, they threaten doing an entire another take of the movie with just uh, Albert Brooks's ad libs as, you know, kind of a director's cut. We're also looking forward to Boy Scouts in the Hood, um, guest voices er- Ernest Borgnine, um, who, again, a very young man. Last Temptation of Homer. Uh, wonderful episode where Homer gets tempted to have sex with another woman. Another one, anything. Uh, uh, guest stars, Werner Klimper Because <laughs> I've heard of him, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Marsha Wallace. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Springfield with an S. That is a um, dollar sign. If you're If you're wondering why I can't remember words, I'm on a new pharmacological program that consists of me slowly dying. This episode, uh, guest stars Jerry Cooney and Robert Goulet, another two of the young men, uh, that we talked about earlier. Homer the Vigilante, guest starring Sam Neill. Sam Neill's young. My whole theory about them. liking the only, only old people is going to shit. Um, Homer Apu is guest stars James Woods. Kathleen Turner, also young. Guest voices Buzz Aldrin and Dan- James Taylor. Hey, Buzz Aldrin's dead. All right, we're catching up. Um. Basically, this entire season is kind of alive after I made that point. I'm really sorry, guys. Uh, This is embarrassing. Uh, Yeah, the rest of the season, pretty much every other guest star is alive. So I regret saying that out loud. Tell my wife I regret everything. Or to quote the great Futurama, tell my wife I said hi. If I was better at editing, i not better at editing, if I was less lazy, I would have cut this part out, but I didn't, so. So, Lonely, what I discovered while you're, um, uh, I don't know how you politely say exposing your vagina to water and then putting Making piss out of water. it. Making water. Yes. Um, is that I went through and went, oh yeah, they only like old people. And then as it went through talking about it, like pretty much 90% of the guest stars are still alive for the rest of the season. Because <laughs> I apparently only make dumb comments. Uh, no, there's a bunch of dead people, but like, as yeah, that doesn't make
1: sense to me either. Like the more that I thought about it. No,
0: no, there's a shitload. It's just like, uh, like, uh, no, this isn't the season where it starts to happen. I think it's like six through eight somewhere in there. There's like everybody's dead. Um, um, well, this isn't the first part. We're like, we did kill all the Ramones. Like the first part, we had, uh, we had the uh, Burn's
1: prophecy has finally come true. Yeah,
0: we had, we had James Harrison. Uh, uh, oh wait, George no, Harrison. it has He's to be dead. the Rolling
1: Stones. I don't know who they are. What? The Rolling Stones. Have the Rolling Stones killed. Oh, But sir, yes. those
0: are the... <laughs> those non-moss gathering pieces of shit. <laughs> so this is what I found while, also while you're uh, going over there. Marge and the Lamb, where she... Ruth Powers episode. Here's the description, which I like. When Chief Blake attempts to pull Ruth over, she flees and reveals she stole the car from her ex-husband. Pursued by cops, they drive over a chasm only to land safely on a pile of garbage. I just love that. Pursued by the cops, they drive over a chasm. <laughs> what a fucking strange choice of phrasing. Like, you know, you generally don't hear chasm all that often.
1: Well, I hate it when waffles stick together. Sticking together is what good waffles do. That's oh, from that episode.
0: Oh, I, I've never seen an episode of The Simpsons. I'm just really, I'm just really good at
1: faking
0: it. Uh, I have nothing to say about this episode except for: Is this the one where 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 Mo tries to kill? Uh, uh, is this is the one where he just Bart falls in love with her daughter. No, nope, no, nope, nope. that's not that one. I get no, that confused. No, it's
1: weird. To be, it's it's actually really strange because like, um, and I think it's kind of sad actually how Marge has pretty much no friends except like Ruth. Who is mentioned in like two episodes and then in the background of every other episode. Yeah. Like,
0: Wait, so who's the lady that played the, the episode where Darlene from Roseanne was making out with Jimbo and then. Where Bart kind of. Bart? That's
1: like, a, I think that's a season or two earlier.
0: But is it, wasn't that her mom was friends with Marge? Wasn't that the plot yeah. of that episode too? Who the fuck was that then?
1: I think it was a like stock cast person. I don't know. I thought it was somebody new moved to town. I thought that was the whole point of that. No, it was that she moved to town. And no, then no. After... What I mean is, who was the who was the, the the character? I think. Well, the guest in that episode was Darlene. No, no. But the, the mother
0: of Darlene. That didn't she befriend Ruth Marge? Powers? No, no. Ruth Powers is this episode. Yeah. Oh. Uh, my, oh. Okay. That's what's fucking me up. I was thinking. I, th- I was thinking she met Ruth in this episode. Okay. That's no, sorry. That's no, why I no. stopped you. That's why I was. I, I got totally lost because, like, I thought she had a one-off friend previously. Okay, gotcha. Now, now I'm caught up. I, For some reason, I had it in my head that that previous episode wasn't Ruth Powers, that this... Okay, gotcha. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, no,
1: and then I don't... I'm pretty sure, like, 99% sure that Ruth doesn't talk after this episode. I th- think you're right. And she's in backgrounds. She's in almost every mob scene. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, that you can say that for, for pretty much anybody. They just, yeah, they have a... Uh, they call it a... uh a character pack, so yeah. they just kind of grab it, and when there's mob scenes, it's easy. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's 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 funny. There's uh... there's not. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah, because Marge doesn't really have any friends. Lisa used to have Janie, but she they stopped. That kind of stopped.
1: Yeah, I guess
0: Bart only has. Mil- actually, really, they're all pretty much friendless. I mean, Homer only has the alcoholics from the bar he hangs at.
1: They're really actually a really friendless family to think about it. Well, I think. um... Oh, well, Bart is sometimes friends with the bullies. Sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, And then, like, it's impl- it's definitely, like, there's that one episode where they're signing yearbooks, and Bart has, like, a line of people waiting to sign his No, yearbooks. but that's
0: Bart trying to be... That's Bart being a cool rebel. I mean, like, actually, like... Like, like friendly like, friends. Yeah, like, soulful, enriching relationships. Like, yeah, because... Really, the, actually, the only one with a friend is Bart, because Bart's friends with Milhouse. That's the only actual friendship, because... Homer's got his 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 alcoholic, you know, co-conspirators
1: and Lenny and Carl. Carl. but they're at Which the bar. Are, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. That's, yeah, it's he's only. Well, got there's a- his faceless bar friends, like the guy with the hat and the guy who sometimes calls him Jim.
0: Yeah, barfly number three. They call the one guy.
1: Yeah. Um, oh man, I didn't put that
0: together because I was thinking that Homer has friends. Who he, but no, I mean really. He's just got. He's got his. Uh, what do you call them? Co. What? Are, what's that called? Your co. Cohort. Co. Co. dependents. What do you call it when you're like, yeah, codependent people? Like where you're at a bar together, so you're not really friends. It's your like kind of. You're kind of supporting each other in a bad. No, no. It's your uh, yeah. Well wishes. In that, I don't wish any specific ill will. Um,
1: <laughs> if it doesn't matter. Co. co-
0: you know, like, when you're unhealthy and it's, like, a codependent relationship, there's, like, a thing that's called that where it's, like, you're not really friends, but oh, you're kind of- oh
1: oh, 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 enabler.
0: Enabler. That's what I was thinking of. Sorry, co got stuck in my head. Enabler was the word I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um. Oh, that's- actually this makes you sad. None of them have friends except for Bart.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a crappy family. I mean- I think it's, like, a- it's a kind get, of sad, too, how they, like, mention like, yeah. they make a really solid point about Lisa having no friends. Yet, Maggie doesn't have friends. Lisa
0: having no friends makes sense, though. And, and not to be, like, mean to her, but, like, she's the smart girl in this fucking troglodyte town. Yeah. I kind of, like, it's almost, it would be weird if she had friends. Because, like, she, she's way smarter than all of Springfield. Like, that's why that whole Mensa episode happened. Because it's like, oh, my God, people I could talk to. So yeah, that character-wise makes sense. But it's like, why would Marge and Homer not have friends? Like, this that's is when terrible. Lisa started
1: getting shrill, though. And I feel like season mm. five is pre-Shrill Lisa. It's like inklings of it, maybe, but before she got shrill.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Shrill sure Lisa got to meet fucking uh, uh, Stephen Hawking. So, you know, maybe some <laughs> shrill in this. Do you care anything else about Marge and the Lamb? Because I would like to go past that one if you have nothing else. Well, I love that scene with the waffles. And um, Yeah, I vaguely remember that. The only, the, here's the problem is, if you're going to have a waffle thing, if it's not mm, sacrilegious, I, like I ain't going to remember it. Oh, well,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I also don't like... Uh, like the how they equate women, women who have been wronged with like dangerous outlaws, like as if those have to be one and the same, but yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, I think that's more of like a making fun of the the Thelma the Louise. trope, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A trope. It's a yeah. trope, I
1: don't like, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I but I mean it's a trope it, it's not so much used for dudes anymore. That used to be a trope for dudes as well like the mm-hmm. old westerns was like, you know, the solo guy was, you know, you know, he 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 was done wrong, he got his revenge and that's why he's like this alone guy with no name. Clint Eastwood made a career of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's unfortunately saddled with uh, lady folk now. Now it's like, dude, you know, you you were abused and now you have to be a fucking murderer. Like, yeah, it's not it's not healthy for for anybody involved. Mm-hmm. But I think that this one was more referencing direct to that movie though i did like at the end where they both didn't realize they're about to drive off the cliff mm. which was quite fun like it was yeah. this entire build they're like wait what do you mean <laughs> they tried to slay the brakes that was quite fun <laughs> hey, wait a second they don't drive off the chasm at the end they hit the brakes and 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 uh, wingham drives off the chasm.
1: yeah wait did there's another episode is this grammatically
0: incorrect? incorrect it's grammatically incorrect
1: it's <laughs> the worst kind of incorrect
0: well, I mean, I think racially, yeah,
1: you yeah know, okay. you
0: know, like if you're like, I am not even to fit technically correct. <laughs> Bart's inner child. Here is something I would like to tell everybody out there. I did admit earlier that I don't really like Animal House all that much. This is um, kind of part two to that uh, admission. Um, I really love the people that love Albert, Albert Brooks. I like defending your life. But there's pretty much nothing else by Albert Brooks that, that attracts me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against him, but mm-hmm. I'm not for him. And this is one of the ones starring Albert Brooks. Um, I I'm not a like I I think it's maybe a generational thing. I think it's because the way that he did comedy, same as Bob, same as Bob, not Bob Hope, uh, Bob Newhart, where it's the the style of observational comedy, the style of kind of uh, weird guy comedy just doesn't work for my generation because there's been you know kind of a bunch of people that built on it since then so seeing the original out of context it doesn't really work that well so um it's like the little rascals yeah it's a little bit i would actually say more like three stooges because i think that the little rascals if you're a kid you could probably still like the little rascals
1: i don't know i remember when i was a kid my dad was cackling at the little rascals and tried and acted like it was the funniest thing ever and i'm like these are all jokes I've seen done in cartoons a thousand oh, was it, times.
0: It, it, okay, then I t- then that was the point I was going to make for Three Stooges. So, yeah, okay, no. Then, yeah. then like, I never watched them when I was a kid. So, yes, like for little, little Rascals. then. I was thinking, because I remember watching Three Stooges, I'm like, yeah, and this I think, like, been done. And I think, like, maybe yeah. if
1: I was three years old and haven't seen any me- any forms of media no, ever, I would find the Little Rascals funny.
0: Exactly. That's the exact same thing that happened to me when I saw Three Stooges. I'm like, yeah, this is – I've already done this. But I guess an older generation. I don't
1: three Stooges is funny, though. And I think maybe – I think Little Rascals- You know, because there's more character behind it than Little Rascals. Well, I think Little
0: Rascals could still be funny if if it wasn't so- Like, I think as an adult watching Little Rascals, it could be funny if they weren't so horrifically racist and sexist and terrible on every level. Like, there's some fucking bad shit in Little Rascals. So, is there
1: racist stuff in Little Rascals? Oh, yeah. Alf- oh, no, Alfalf- no, no and his I'm, entire I'm,
0: character is- I'm, yeah. I'm
1: talking- to- No, 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 I agree with you. and Sorry. I'm talking out of, like, complete ignorance and not remembering- and also, like, because my dad always no, said, the, told me about how, like, how progressive it was in Little Rascals, that, like, that they, that they okay. I'm, using, I'm not defending Little Rascals, I'm no, no, I, not No, but I,
0: I, will defend a little bit, they're progressive in the way that just having a black guy on screen was progressive at one point, yeah. like, one of those things. So, uh, Alfalfa, like, there was a lot of jokes about him being black, like, um, there were jokes about, like. You know, uh, one of the other kids be like, oh, when I get dirty, my skin turns brown. If you get dirty, do you turn white? Like, which... Oh, yeah. Okay, no, it's horrible now, but you have to keep in mind that at the time, even having that on the air actually is somewhat of a progressive thing of, like, we're at least talking about... Like, not that they're trying to be progressive, but... That wouldn't have been allowed. Just that it,
1: iota of representation.
0: One it's representation. Two, even talking about it and not a just let's point and laugh at him. It's like he's 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 a member of their gang,
1: laughing with and not at. Yeah, like, well, because yeah. he's
0: a member of the gang. It originally called the uh, R gang, I think was the original yeah. one, and then it was the Little Rascals. Just having a black kid in that gang, and he was of equal standing with the rest of the kids, and there was a girl there too. Which, even though it was the He Man Woman Haters Club, but like, mm-hmm. like that was at the time somewhat progressive because, like, just even having the having that there but you know it's tough for us to kind of see that because you know going back now it's just it's just i mean if it came out now if any of those jokes came out now i'd be like no that's just straight up racist but oh yeah yeah, there's like
1: uh uh, way back when i was in college i took a bible through film class and i don't remember the name of this movie but it was like it's pretty much um i think i want to say it's from like the 40s or 50s or something like that it's a really really old movie and um it's like all Bible stories, but like the whole cast is black, and it is racist as shit. Oh yeah, like when you're rewatching it, but when it came out, it was yeah. like extremely progressive, but like uh, it's racist as shit, like yeah. embarrassingly, like well, like there, cringingly so.
0: Yeah, there's there's this famous story of uh, uh of. I think it's Orson Welles. I get him confused with other people, but I'm pretty sure it's Orson Welles. That he did a full black production of Othello on on uh, mm-hmm. on Broadway, and apparently it was. I mean, this was like the most like holy shit. Like uh, this was like uh like like gay plays in the 90s where it's like uh, a stark view of gay life in in New York. Like, but yeah, he did it like. 30 years before the civil rights movement and orson well's like yeah fuck you i'm doing this shit yeah. like yeah because that dude was a badass <laughs> yeah no but, orson well's great but i it's i I, I wonder i mean although super progressive at the time i i, I do i often wonder because there's no recordings of this how much of that was i'm not saying it was it was at the time racist but i wonder how much of it in our modern view how much would ring as progressive and how much would it be like a little bit of like oh mammy kind of oh, stuff oh no
1: i had to ex- i had yeah. to explain uh uh, in my preschool classroom, there's a Dr. Seuss book called "If I Ran the Zoo." Yeah. Um, which was one of my favorite Dr. Seuss books growing up. But reading it as an adult, it's there's like a whole page that we have to skip. Um, about like picking up birds from the island where everyone wears their eyes in a slant, and like the illustrations are so terrible. And it, like, oh, yeah. yeah. And like I and we were like, Okay, well we're skipping this page and the kids are like, Why? And then I'd be like, Well, because this isn't nice about like a certain no. group of people and, well, yeah, here's yada, the yada. and like
0: little kid, it's epicanthric is really hard to rhyme in scheme rhyme scheme. So we had and look, it got ugly. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> uh, that's the, that's the proper term for, for somebody with a elongated eyes, like an eye fold is the epicantic uh, epicanthic eye fold. It's like so. Anybody of Asiatic descent, like the the kind of over like it's just a tiny little skin flap here. That's the slanted, and I'm doing very quotes here, people. That's just that's the the medical term for that little thing. Uh, so okay. A lot of a lot of uh, women in Japan get like the anime eyes or like the they call it like white eyes, gaijin eyes. Well, they will get that cut so it. yeah it gets gets around but anyway, yeah sorry i just thought it'd be funny to have like (laughs) dr zoys is trying to get that as a like a rhyme scream
1: Epicanthric just doesn't fucking no no yeah yeah it's fine Uh, (laughs) it was was, was so awkward having to explain like how people used to not know better and now we know better and now we do better and now we try to do better yeah and like we can learn from when people didn't know better and like understand that and yada yada and then like i ended up Getting rid of that book and putting it on the shelf because it was just like the original it-
0: copy of uh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and then boy was your face red. I'm sorry. What the original the, the original lulu were black pygmies from deepest Africa. What really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. Yeah, the original the original version of the book. They're black pygmies from like deepest darkest Africa. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. It's totally like slave labor. Oh. Like, like it's not an amusing thing where like the star belly snitches or whatever was fucking eating them. No, it was just just black pygmies.
1: Yeah. Oh no, that's so bad. Because oh, like, we've been reading a lot of good change. We've been reading a lot of Roll Doll. Right now, and I love how like fucking brutal Roll Doll is. Yeah. Like, have you read the BFG? The BFG? It's the Big Friendly Giant by Roald Dahl. N- no. There's a there's a giant. It's about like this nice giant, and then there's all the bad giants. Yeah. And one of the bad giant, like one of the bad giants, is called like the Child Cruncher. Nice. And the, there's the Blood bottler and the Child yeah. Cruncher, and it's like intense. And then yeah. we got like one of his um, picture books, and it's about this alligator or this crocodile who just schemes to eat children and not only like talks about eating children but kind of fantasizes about how great it's going to be to eat children well
0: that's i mean that's that's a product of uh, that's all the books when i was a kid were like that and going back further of course they were much worse is that that's a product of genetic kind of not genetic memory because it's not a thing but like that was a useful thing like you wanted to scare the shit out of kids that something's going to eat you because that's like just evolution wise they survive better so if you're afraid of things with sharp teeth, more often than not, the kids that are afraid of sharp teeth will run, and therefore, you know, their genetics will stay out. That's why the, I've never
1: thought of it that way. Yeah, that's
0: what all the all the old Grimm's fairy tales. That's all that is. These are that's these are why there's
1: all stories. that wolf wolf stuff walking
0: into the woods. That's why. That's why the as much as and and I'm not. I get the feminist argument against it, and I and I think it's valid. But the the wicked stepmother thing mm-hmm that like yeah that is putting women as like a in a shitty role and i totally get that but i don't think that was actually for the denigration of women that's for literally this is a genetics thing they were obsessed i mean this is feeful f- times so if you have a stepmother you don't know where the genes come from so to keep the race pure to keep your line pure that being your you, you know your descendants of so whatever like some game of thrones shit yeah Which I mean, but that's yeah, that's what that is. It's all it's all just keeping your genetics going. So like that's what evil stepmother is because stepmother means she's from another family. So you could have one of her kids, which is could not have your genetic line usurp your line, and then now they're running the land or whatever.
1: Oh wow. So there's yeah.
0: So I mean, not taking like I'm not taking away from the feminist point of like the evil stepmother trope was really anti woman, but a lot of the anti woman thing was just because. You you can't see what seed impregnated her. So you yeah, it was know. it
1: wasn't a fear we've we've had to have in modern times. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's, well, that's we were talking about. Well, you and I were talking about this off air, but like the the uh, the matrilineal, the the Hebraic matrilineal. Thing. Yeah. The only reason it's matrilineal is because you can prove you can't say oh you're not my mom because for yeah, nine yeah. months <laughs> you're walking around with a, with a swollen belly. You know. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of those old stories are they're all just these kind of genetic fears. You know, it, it, genetics oh. a wrong word, but like the deepest early hominid uh, uh, anxieties coming up. And that's where the stories come from. But now that we live in super Safeville, it becomes a little bit different that like the idea of the other doesn't have to, like the idea of the other was actually like, it wasn't racist at one point. It was, that's a really smart move because generally we just killed the people that were next to us on lands. Cause they, Hey, you've got land too. Let's murder. Mm-hmm. So the idea of the other was like genetically again, I don't mean genetically. Sorry was for a very long time bred in as a, as a very structured idea in within language and story. So that's why the, yeah, anyway, the, the point is that I'm just more forgiving towards like older storytellers where they have like stuff that's like awkward. Because at the time, it wasn't necessarily racist or awkward because that's a product of the I feel that, like, though, the like world, yeah. Roald
1: Dahl was modern and enou- was contemporary enough that I don't think that was really a fear well, at the time. I mean, to be fair, he's growing up in, a, in, you know. I mean, I think he's like maybe, maybe pulling off his past. Well, maybe. You know, I, I was just thinking
0: more like because you have to deal with that post war shockwave. I mean, that's, oh. you know, like a lot of like the English writers, I believe he's English, but like yes. a lot of English writers, I mean, you're dealing with our entire, our, our capital city was destroyed. Because some guy in Germany didn't like Jewish people. Like, there's a there's a really weird kind of concept of the other that comes out of that war, where it's like there's this everybody's the same, but also we can't be the same because there's such these divisive lines. Like, there's a real like if you look at like the music and the TV and like everything that comes out of the uh, comes out of World War II is it's it's broken, not broken. It's it's so scrambled. jumbled because yeah, it's like they actually say like that's why Japan and Germany have such weird. I don't mean to use the term word, but such different than the rest of the area around them sexual taboos because they literally had their country blown up so that's where like the the kind of shisa like weird SM stuff that comes out way earlier in japan in in, in germany than it the does
1: stereotype I, of those things
0: what's not the stereotype it's i mean it's i mean it's true in that they were more prolific in that country mm-hmm. than the rest of europe or like earlier in the same way japan went from this really really uptight strangeness to like Eight years later, it's rocket manga people in space to tentacle fucking, and and there's sociologists take that as to like that's the, that's the output to like this this massive anxiety of having your country essentially violated for a year. That is almost like they have like a like a, a PTSD on a country level, and it comes out in in culturally, and that's where mm-hmm. the, like kind of the manga, no manga is the wrong term. What's the one with what's manga with fucking um, hentai? Hentai. Thank you. That's where like that thing comes from, which. Was like this really polite's the wrong word, but buttoned up culture. Within a few years, turns into this pretty much the only culture doing it, you know, on the, at that point. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. Anyway, it's it's, it's 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 interesting stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the other. It's, I, I I read too much Joseph Campbell on nonsense. Like it's not nonsense. It's wonderful. Anyway, the point is that's why I don't like Albert Brooks.
1: <laughs> that's I was trying to remember. <laughs> Who cares?
0: <laughs> Fuck that. Do we care about the rest of Bart's inner child? Um, be like I like the- Bart's inner child. Like, oh no, I don't, no, I'm not taking anything away from her. I was just trying to think of if there's. I mean, like, be like the boy. It was cute in the mid '90s. Well,
1: and I also think that like that was like such a. It was like this weird meta backlash to like oh, oh, the rabid Bart worship that was happening. Yeah, that's at the true. Time.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it is kind of an internal kind of mocking of the show of like Bart being like the 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 the, the rati with the baditude. What was that for? You? <laughs> it
1: wasn't the dude with the toot. It, it was, was it like, was something baditude. No, that was like, like underachiever and proud of it. Yeah, oh, it was like right. one of his big nineties catchphrases, and um, just like going from something that was supposed to be condemned to something that was like really uh revered yeah i feel like
0: i'm gonna use the bathroom to expose myself to water and then put urine in it here's the next episodes you you figure out what to do all right or just start talking about one you're better at this
1: time there was a little spanish fly oh damn it And a tv <little Spanish> <laughs> <in a laughs> Oh, okay. Um... I feel like I had a feminist rant saved up in my head about, um... Which one was it? Oh, yeah, so the next one is Boy Scouts in the Hood. Um... And oh, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy comes up, and Bart gets an elephant, which is like one of the best weird episodes that happened. I'm sorry, I'm like so bad at this monologuing thing. There was a little Spanish flea. <singing> oh, something we didn't mention about rosebud it's I just feel like uh there was like a really really good um evolution of who Homer was between um and if you're done making water, Alex, you can get in on this, but I think uh that's that's still happening um. I think like one of the big cornerstones of that episode of of, of Rosebud that I wanted to get at before and I forgot, um, was Homer's evolution of a father as a father. You know, I hit pause when I left. Oh
0: really? No, I'm kidding. I'm totally fuck with you. Sorry,
1: Homer's evolution. There's a of lot father. of me doing Spanish <laughs> flea on there. Anyway, the evolution of Homer as a father um, to Rosebud to like uh, being unable to care for Maggie. Like when Marge isn't home, which has actually happens in, in several episodes, which I think is like so pathetic. Is this this isn't this is pre this is post Rancho Relaxo, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So post he, Rancho Relaxo. He's already
0: he's already fucked up on the taking care of Maggie front already. Yeah, together. yeah.
1: But in Rosebud, the fact that like he gives up, you know, unlim uh, like vast wealth and anything you could possibly want from Burns just to get what. Just to like have Maggie be happy with a rotting teddy bear is—it's sweeter than I gave it credit for. I think I—I I took, um, not advance. What am I thinking of? I took that for granted. I feel like the first time I saw that episode.
0: Yeah, it was—it was one of those really giant gifts. Though watching it as an adult. Because I took it – when I was a kid, I took it for like, oh, that's the sweetest thing any human being could ever do.
1: When I was a kid, I thought it was fucking stupid, but like – But no,
0: see, now I've switched. Now I go to fucking stupid because if – she's really young. She's totally – like, yeah, she's going to cry for a few days. I get that, and that's going to suck for you guys. But you're going to raise her in the lap of luxury with with her genius. You literally don't
1: have memories at that point. Yeah, that's what
0: I mean. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, I took the sweetness from it. But as an adult, I go, wait a second. She's not going to remember shit. Yeah, she's going to be upset for a few days, but like – that means that Lisa can go to the, like, an Ivy League school. That means, like, she can, like, Maggie can grow up to be anything she ever wants. And this fucking idiot Homer <laughs> gives it up because she wants her dumb fucking teddy bear that she's had for, like, a week. Like, I get, I get the, the, the oxytocin thing there, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you gotta fucking control yourself here. This is, this is absurd.
1: Oh, no, no. And, like, um, oh, man, what's it, what's the term for? Is it subjective memory? Um... Yeah, how actual concrete memories of events like don't happen. All you have is memories of repeat things and of severe trauma at that age. So, oh yeah, it was I mean, like literally no harm.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, it's one of those things. It's also every any age too, because it's one of those. It's, it's one of the fun things. It's like when you remember something, the next time you remember, you're not remembering the thing. You're remembering your memory. Oh, but so- the killer thing
1: is though, Homer ha- like blows his own chance at fixing that because he goes like, "Hey Maggie, you can play with this box." hey, look at me, hee hee hee, yeah, the yeah. box. And then Maggie reaches for it, and he almost gets it, but then he gets so caught up yeah. in playing with the box. Well,
0: that's why I always go back to that. Homer's, at no point, even when he was at his shittiest, is never a shitty person. I mean, he's a shitty person, but he's never uh, malicious. He's just incredibly stupid. Like, that man is as dumb as you can come. So uh, I, 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 that's why that's where a lot of my Homer defense comes from, That is exactly that kind of thing, where it's like, No, no. Then he holds the box. It's like, oh, you fucking mor. Like he is. That's why, like earlier,
1: Homer. If you add just that that iota of malice to it, that and resentment that early Homer has, it just goes. It just gets abusive and awful.
0: Yeah, well, that's yeah. So I, I just, I think we're in agreement. I just, I put it a little bit earlier when I think the kind of stupidity of the of everybody kind of evens out because there's just you know there's there's evilness in, in, in this entire family and. There's idiocy think, in the entire family. You know? I don't see evil.
1: I just see flaws. Well, I mean, I mean I'm using mean, evil
0: as as, as, as a as – a, I think
1: that's like a very extreme word to use there. Yeah, I know. I
0: probably shouldn't. I just – I use it often because I don't really believe Humanity,
1: in – Humanity, I think. I don't really
0: believe in good or evil like in that kind of like moralistic, you know, uh, or, or at least, you know, kind of defined Christian or religiosity sense. So I just tend to throw evil around a lot because it's – you know, I don't know. just a phrase. Anyway. Uh, Boy Scouts in the Hood. This is the one that we're following up on with uh, with uh, um, Ernest Borgnine, another another <laughs> another, another teen heartthrob. <laughs> what a okay. This is another example of uh, the, the, going back to I did reference Joseph Campbell. Another reference to how uh, men in, in the world, at least in the Western world, are completely fucked by the fact that we have no relationship with our father. Is you know one of the kind of throughputs of campbell it's like you know entire human history most of stories are based around you know the relationship of man and father and mother and daughter but mostly man and father because let's face it you know dudes wrote everything for a really long time Mm -hmm. and yeah it didn't work out so well for the for the for the holders of double x genes um but uh this was one of those episodes that puts it like a really stark reality of how like bart and it really has no relationship with his dad like it's just this he he, pretty much hates him so to the point that he joins with fucking Flanders, you know, be, based on this knife thing. Okay, you know,
1: okay, yeah. I'm blinking, but doesn't isn't there's a catalyst to that? Isn't there a catalyst to it? Beyond- yeah, I forget
0: what it is, but I mean, it, it, but this is a thing that comes up enough that I'm fine with just lumping in on this episode because it also comes up in the movie where Bart is is mm-hmm. uh, it kind of basically has Ned become his dad. Yeah, he's just so tired of Homer. This is like a throughput, It happens a bunch of episodes, but this is one of them where. um he wants to get a knife, I
1: think, as the catalyst, and then Homer does something stupid. But yeah, because like uh, there's like that wonderful one. I love that uh, that one part where everything is getting rescued by a knife. Yeah,
0: and again, this is where that that uh, we that reality can bend t- to make a better joke. Which I think a lot of that is Matt Groening held it back. Matt Groening very much wanted everything to be a little bit more not real, but like he didn't want to have like completely wacky stuff happen. And through the commentary, you can actually kind of hear like how his will was breaking as the show went on. And this is one of those episodes where does anybody have a knife? And 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 uh, Hibbard cuts he out. must and just
1: sleep in an oxygen tent that gives him sexual powers at this point. Um,
0: yes, because he's a member of the NRA. Um, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, uh, Hibbard cutting the cutting uh, the guy's stomach open to pull the appendix out. Throwing yeah, him in the and appendix, then it explodes. I was thinking of that yeah, as soon uh, as
1: you said that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um. uh, that th- th- kind of uh, yeah, that that breaking reality. I think that's where the show really kind of hits its stride. And I think when it starts falling, I think the show starts getting kind of shitty is when they over rely on that. And a lot of people have tried to like figure out what's wrong with the Simpsons, and I believe I I actually did it is this is kind of where they hit their stride. I think 4 through like 9 and rewatching it, uh well through 10, I was loving a lot of episodes, but I think that's where that kind of stretched reality allowing for weird things to happen allowed for a lot better jokes. And Mm -hmm. then as it got worse, I think it allowed for too much stretched reality and there wasn't enough
1: baseline to the show. And that's where it starts kind of losing it. I feel like the reality snapped back, if that makes sense. It
0: may have at some point. I I I feel like
1: the Simpsons reality lost its elasticity for the the sake of jokes. Yeah. And like, because like uh, the further it goes on and like... Honestly, I think that um, Simpsons from like the second Bush administration is more dated than Simpsons from like season five. Yeah. Because it loses that elasticity that like made it. Well, we, we talk- it-
0: We've talked about this on the show a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, um, but yeah. Um, And I forgot where I was going. I'm sorry. All
0: right, well, well, let's, let's, we can speed past that because let's go to a main point of Boy Scouts in the Hood. Lindley, do you know who Ernest Borgnine is?
1: Uh, no.
0: I have no, I know that's a famous guy. Like, I heard his name. No, I mean, like, I, I'm not asking for us to look it up. I, actually, I just,
1: I, I, I would like to know.
0: He's from a TV show and he's in a bunch of movies, but it's nothing we, we were from, I mean, I'm sure we've heard the name of, but I've heard the name Ernest Borgnine my whole life. I know what he looks like, but. I have no idea what he's like. He's just—he's oh, the, the skipper. He's the fucking skipper, that's, dude. That's not Ernest Borgnine. You spelled it wrong. Ernest Borgnine? Yeah, B-O-R-G-N-I-N-E. That's not the skipper. That's uh, Al- Alan something. Alan. Yeah, that's not the skipper. Mikhail's
1: Navy. Oh, Mikhail's
0: Navy. Yeah, that's not that's not was, Gilligan's Island. I assume oh, when you said the skipper. Oh, no, you're
1: right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just saw a picture of him looking nautical. Alan Hale is the skipper. Uh, uh,
0: uh, uh and and. You and you,
1: I can't believe you're not even looking that up. You just know that.
0: Yeah, and well, I can't think of the I can't think of Gilligan's name, and that's the one that everybody knows. I can't think of what's the name. The Gilligan's Bob, Bob, something? Bob Denver. Yeah. No, yeah, no, wait, no, wait, who's it's speaker. something Den. No, Bob Denver was the singer. Something Gill- Denver was, was Gilligan. Yeah, and then Alan Hale, I think, was, was, was the skipper. But um, yeah, Borgdine is – yeah, yeah. So Mikhail's Navy is a show. He was in the Poseidon Adventure. Like,
1: honestly, is Escape sh- from New York. Yeah. Like, I can't – okay, oh, I don't the, feel bad for not no, no. remembering it that's because –
0: That's the one I know is Escape from New York because he plays the taxi driver in the original Escape from New York. was the only one on the list that I'm sh- – I saw the original Poseidon Adventure, I'm sure. I don't remember it, but –
1: It was in something called Captain Video and his Video Rangers. Or his of course Borg he dying. was. Why not? But I don't feel bad about not knowing um, who Ernest Borgnine is, honestly, yeah. because there was nothing here where I'm like, "Ding, ding, ding! That's Ernest Borgnine." But that's that was, nothing. That's why nothing. that's
0: why I brought it up. It was one of those like, "Oh, this is so weird that this is this known quantity that's in our heads that I have no reference point to."
1: Also, I, I feel really, really silly, but like, I didn't know that Mikhail's Navy, um, wasn't that like a, a movie?
0: Yeah, they remade it as a movie uh, with it in, in like the '90s or something. With that I think.
1: guy from The Simpsons, who was on The Simpsons with Sideshow Bob, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer was Mikhail's Navy guy,
0: right? Uh, you could be right because I also get that like, confused with Up Periscope.
1: Oh no, that's Up Periscope. You're right.
0: I don't know. There's one. No, or two.
1: it is Up Periscope because there was like all this weird sub drama, like submarine drama. When I only remember that because that was like one of the movies. Well, I think *Naked that- Navy* is, is, is a submarine thing too. Yeah, no, no, but mm. that was *Up Periscope* because yeah. that was like a movie I saw that in theaters like when it came out because that was like when my my mom and my sister would go to church uh, during holidays and stuff, and my dad and I would just see horrible PT- PG thirteen movies. Oh, nice. And yeah. that one of them was *Up Periscope*. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I have a,
0: my brain is full with uh with a, with with a lot of useless shit. Mm-hmm. and that's some of it like alan hale and i think it is bob denver
1: but I, I i honestly thought that ernest borgnine was like in a very definitive thing that i would know and he really isn't
0: escape from new york's pretty definitive for, for me but just because i like that movie
1: i feel like that's i i don't think i've ever seen that all the way through Yeah, i think you would love it there's, oh i'm sure there's
0: some fucking like techno roller skate nonsense going on there i don't yes. know if there's roller skates but it's it's fucking bonkers. So Ernest Borgnine's a cab driver in post apocalyptic New York and he's got a chandelier in his cab. It's nice. fucking craziness. It's a real it's a really fun movie. It's so shitty. Anyway, after a not obvious cut, that's a really great movie that everybody should watch. And now we're talking like this is natural, because there wasn't an obvious edit right there. Right, it was Lillian?
1: A, Spanish- yeah.
0: a rock star, he would be here to band like the Beatles and the something he saw on TV. TV. Um <laughs> I never knew that song had lyrics, nor do I until that episode of The Simpsons, because I've known the Herb Halpert and the uh, Tijuana uh, Brass Quartet, or whatever they're called, uh, for my whole life, until uh, that episode. So, Lillian, mm-hmm. we have watched many episodes of The Simpsons, and these are the ones that we have spoken about tonight. I am saying at this point, and I'm making a definitive decision, if you want to argue too bad, you had your choice. We are cutting it off at Boy Scouts in the Hood
1: we have covered, because we don't know who Ernest Borgnine is. Next episode, we will We've talk about- We've come to blows about Ernest Borgnine. There is blood all over Alex's plastic tablecloth right now. Like, I'm, it's just- I'm having my moon. Uh,
0: <laughs> so we're cutting it off. Uh, we're going to pick up at uh, The Last Temptation of Homer, which I actually good Goodcall, because uh, that's a- I don't know if it's a classic, but it certainly has a lot of things about sandwiches and- um, this time finally Homer gets to be uh uh attempted with infidelity, which works out to uh you know, not the not to have spoilers, hilarious consequences. And uh we'll talk about the rest of season five. With sexy results. Um, yeah. Next episode of the inanimate carbon pod. I have been uh Alan West TV's the skipper, and that's been uh
1: And I am Ernest Borgnon.
0: Yes. And, uh, she draws cards for the Duke of New York. A number one. What's it? What's the Duke? Of, let's, okay. This is the way we're going to go out. I'm going to look for one video clip of the Duke of New York because he says, I am the Duke of New York. You are the Duke of New York. A number one. He, he kidnaps this bald white guy who's the president and he makes him say, You are the Duke of New York. A number one. It's like this really cheesy 70s, uh, just really bad, uh, 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 70s, uh, over the, t- top it just it, it just reeks of 70s um the duke of new york let's see what happens uh, that looks like a thing uh, uh let's see the duke of new york uh uh let's see a number Ooh. let's see what this says
1: What did I teach you? You are Duke of New York. You're A number one. I can't hear you. (laughs) You are the Duke of New York. You're A number one.
0: You are the Duke of New York. A number one. (laughs) And that's been the Simpsons podcast.
1: (laughs) Somehow. This is still a a Simpsons podcast.
0: Good night.